Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a high school athlete pursuing a scholarship. With a wealth of experience to share, here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 251 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. I hope you were able to celebrate with me last week as I honored the founder of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast and Recruit Me, John Fugler. I look back at a few of the podcasts, 1 through 203, that John did, and it was a great review and had many helpful recruiting tips. Go back and catch episode 250 and make sure to share the Athletic Scholarship Podcast with a family that may need help with recruiting and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit recruit-me.com and listen on the podcast tab. Today's episode, episode 251, is part one of two and it is an interview with Coach Rand Chapel. Coach Chapel is the head basketball coach for Johnson County Community College in Overland Park, Kansas. Overland Park is just outside of Kansas City. I've known Coach Chapel since I was in high school, and we will talk about how we knew each other in college. Coach Chapel has coached college basketball for over 30 years. He just finished his first year at Johnson County Community College as he was reunited with a friend and an ex-Missouri State teammate, Randy Stang. Randy is the athletic director of Johnson County. Coach Chapel will tell us about all the colleges and the level that he has coached. And we will dive into how those levels differ, how COVID is affecting recruits, how JUCO has advantages and opportunities you need to consider, and how the host of this podcast helped Coach Chapel to maybe the biggest win of his career. So let's get into part one of two, an interview with Johnson County Community College head basketball coach, Rand Chapel. Well, welcome Coach uh, Rand Chapel. Good to be here. Thanks for joining me. And uh, first of all, we're just going to give you a little, give our Recruit Me families a little background. So can you give us a rundown of your playing and coaching career, uh, what you're doing now and what you've done in the past? I grew up in Springfield and uh, went to Glendale High School, had a good career there, went on to play at Missouri State for uh, Coach Spoonhour, actually played baseball and basketball. Well, we're so old, it wasn't Missouri State back then. No, it was Southwest Missouri State. You're right. And uh, Again, gives away my age a little bit, but those were good times and uh, enjoyed it a lot, finished it all up. And I guess I got my my degree in finance, my master's in business administration, but kind of love sports too much to get away from it and, and started getting into coaching. And, uh, you know, I served one year as a grad assistant at Ole Miss, came back with uh, Coach Spoonhour at Missouri State to be a part of two of the better years in Missouri State history when uh, – Went to the NCAA tournament the first year and beat Clemson and uh, Horace Grant. And uh, the second year went to the NCAA tournament out in Los Angeles and played against UNLV in the first round, two really good years. And from there, uh, moved on to Southwest Baptist University and uh, things went well there. Was there five years with Jerry Kirksey and uh, we ended up making the NCAA Division II Elite Eight while I was there. Then I started my head coaching career. I was at LeBette community college in uh, Parsons, Kansas for two years. I had a little bit of success and was able to get a four-year job at uh, Phillips University in Enid, Oklahoma, which was the NAI school. That was really good. Uh, was there for three years. We ended up being ranked number one in the nation. Had some really good times there, re- re- really good players and everything else. From, from there, I got an NCAA Division II job. I was at Henderson State University 
in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, was there for five years. We went to the NCAA tournament all five years and uh, won about 75% of our games or so. So was able to take that and went to the University of Central Arkansas. It was Division II school at the time. Went to an NCAA tournament there uh, in the second year. Then we made our move to Division One, and I was there for uh, five more years. You know, I had some success, played Kentucky and Kansas and UConn and some of those people and, and kind of got an education, I guess, in Division One basketball. And so I had some, some good, solid seasons, but uh, ended up moving on from there. And uh, after that, one year, it went back and was a head coach at Garden City Community College for one year. I was in uh, Eastern Illinois University coaching under Jay Spooner as an assistant for uh, seven years. And then I'm back uh, as a head coach now at Johnson County Community College in uh, Overland Park, Kansas, uh, this is my first year uh, doing it this year. Had a good year, went to the national tournament. So excited to be uh, back being a head coach and kind of back in my part of the country. You kind of missed out on uh, probably your greatest coaching was your <laughs> uh, Missouri State or Southwest Missouri JV team. Yeah, I uh, was fortunate enough when uh, it, I guess I was probably 24 years old uh, Coach Spoonhour walked in one day and said, hey, we want to play some JV games. We want to get some of these guys some experience. And it was, I guess, the only job I never had to really interview for. I was kind of told to do it, and given the keys to a van, and said, here's uh, two or three scholarship players. Why don't, ta- why don't you take a couple of your managers with you and uh, maybe pick up a walk-on on campus and see how you can do. And fortunately, I, uh, one of my managers was a solid point guard which uh, is the host of this show. So that, that he did well for me and uh, we had some good times and uh, won a few games. We, uh, I always ask people this kind of a, a trick thing as a, as a head coach or how have you done in your career? And I always tell them, well, I got one win in Allen Fieldhouse and I got one win in Rupp Arena. So what kind of career do you think I've had? You know, and uh, you led me to that win in Allen Fieldhouse. So I appreciate it. Well, it was a unique and fun opportunity. And I actually did a podcast about being a manager, how that is a possibility. If you can't play college sports, it was a great opportunity for me to to uh, get, get to play. And I got to practice with the team uh, every day. And uh, I'm the winningest basketball manager in Missouri State history. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good record. Yeah, I watched a lot of socks and jocks. So, uh, so a lot of fun. <laughs> so, But your career has uh, you know been at a lot of different levels. You've had the opportunity to uh, be at the JUCO level, the NAIA, the division two and the division one. So that brings an interesting uh, perspective to uh, our recruit me families. Can you tell us a little bit of some of the differences that high school students and families should, uh, what they should know about the different levels and uh, how to get recruited in basketball at those levels? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Obviously my wife would probably say I'm a person who doesn't change very much. So in a lot of ways, I think there is there's is some real differences, but I always know as far as uh, myself personally, I'm going to go out. Uh, I, I follow basketball, obviously in your own area, you follow it, and nationally you follow it, and go to a lot of recruiting events and you know a lot of gay high school games during the year. Follow how the teams are doing, and you know I think your antenna is always up as, as you're looking for good players. Sometimes at junior college, because of your lack of budget. You're kind of waiting on someone uh, to call and reference someone, or you know, maybe you're reading the internet. You're doing those kind of things. Where maybe at the Division One level, if you hear about a good player in Charlotte, North Carolina, you get on a plane and you fly out and watch them. You know, so so there's some differences in maybe how people are observed. You know, I, I think in any of them, 
you know, my, my recruiting thing is a little bit different. There's get out and play, play hard, be seen some, uh, impress the people. You know, you never know who the person is that's going to recruit you or help get you recruited. So it's important for the kids just to be consistent and, and play hard and enjoy the game. You know, usually things start falling in place as the process moves along. Rand, is there is there a um, different time that maybe uh, student athletes get recruited at, at each at different levels? Is JUCO different than Division Two or Division One? You know, I went to an event this weekend in Kansas City, and you know, to me, I was mostly concerned about kids who graduating this spring and are look, still looking for a place. And that being said, I, I saw a couple of younger guys and uh, got their. Uh, information from their coach and and text them afterwards hey you look good this weekend want you to know you're on our radar we're going to be following you I, I think that's probably more the uh the junior college route you know if I see a player that's really good that probably means he's a division two or division one player even though I would like to get him it's probably means he's going to have other options and some of those things as you go further up the the, the ladder to division one obviously elite players when you see an elite player that's 14, 15, 16, and you know that they're going to eventually be someone that's going to be a productive player at your level. Maybe you start the recruitment process a little bit more and start the connections a little bit more. You know, I think when you're at the higher level, you probably start getting involved with the kids quite a bit earlier or at least a little more persistent than than maybe you would at the junior college level. In your experience uh, now and, and in past in the junior college level, do you have a good mix of uh, incoming high school players and also and versus transfers from uh, other uh, four year schools? Yeah, I think that's probably fair. You know, it's uh, you know this is my first year doing it this year, and I would say it was pretty 50-50 what what we brought in. And uh, you know, obviously this year we may be going to hit on this later. Being a COVID year, it's really strange. I don't know if there's any true pattern. I think it's the hardest year for anyone to get a scholarship, whether they're you know, we, we went to the national tournament this year. We were ranked as high as number two in the nation and, uh, you know, have some good players that both should be at the division one and division two levels. And there's a little bit of recruitment going on. A couple of them are getting things, but there's a couple of guys that are kind of disappointed, you know, thinking that they may need to come back here another year, just when things loosen up a little bit. And, it, you know, obviously it's for high school seniors, it's kind of the same thing. It's one of the toughest years, probably it's obviously the toughest year in memory. And uh, I I think it's a year where if you get a chance to go somewhere, you can't be overly picky. To be honest, this is really starting to ramble a little bit, but the way they've opened up the transfer rules and the way things are in the world today, it's really getting an opportunity and showing you can play and then uh, adjusting from there. That is one of the subjects we were going to talk about was the COVID and the transfer portals. Uh, Go ahead and expand on what, what should high school players be doing this summer to kind of combat some of the COVID issues. And uh, you mentioned some of the COVID issues would be players are staying an extra year at four-year school. So that's uh, that's kind of hurting the opportunity for JUCO players to move on. What are some of the other uh, effects of the COVID? When you're looking at the higher levels and, and really all levels, you know, Division One hasn't been out watching a basketball game or any other sport, I don't believe, in over a year. They haven't been allowed to go out and watch. So that really hurts your evaluation some as far as uh, coaches knowing what, you know, who they want and what they're trying to get. And obviously, uh, if you're you're really on the radar as a freshman or sophomore, may help you. You're you're the guy still, but if you're, I wouldn't even call it a late developer, maybe a normal developer, you're coming on strong in your junior year and you're getting ready to have a big senior year. 
you know, these people haven't been seen quite as bit as much. So that makes it difficult. And I really don't even know. I think the way the math is going to work for the next four years, you really have five classes jammed into four with everybody getting an extra year. I'm not really a math major, but I think simple math means that would be about 80% or 75%, you know, as many people are going to be involved in each class. So, you know, it's like I said, it's a tough time. My daughter was a college golfer, and uh, I remember coaches telling these are elite national events or at least regional events, talking about if you get an offer and you get offered some money, don't treat it like uh, everybody's getting a full ride or everybody's going to, you know, get that ultimate destination you better, uh, you know, take it seriously and, and get yourself involved. There's one thing about even getting a partial scholarship. If you get it into uh, a place and you play really well, usually the scholarship goes up. So, it, you know, it's a lot of times it's all about opportunities. You kind of talked about the JUCO a little bit. So uh, when a JUCO player gets recruited from high school to JUCO, they, their, their recruitment's not, not done. So you guys are actually – when you, the guys you have for like the two years, they're keeping an eye out trying to get into a four year and they're going to continue to get recruited. So how, how does that work? When we have people come in here, we're trying to get to national tournaments and win games and do things. And it works really well in that when you go to a junior college in a normal year, you know, we're going to play a couple of times in the fall, what I call a jamboree. And it's not a lot different than an AAU tournament. You know, there's going to be uh, 15 to 20 teams there and, and, a lot of them are going to have college prospects and you're going to walk out there and there's maybe 80, 100, possible to be two or 300 college coaches at some of the biggest ones. And so, you know, there's opportunities for you to go out there and play in front of college coaches and be seen. And as the year goes on, all of our videos available and that kind of thing, we really try to sell our guys on play good winning basketball and compete hard every day. And uh, a lot of the other junior college coaches are like myself. They were either division one or two players. Uh, they've coached on those staffs before, you know, th- th- there's a variety, but everybody's connected to four-year schools. And I think for the most part, when you come into a junior college and you play well and, and you're consistent and day in, day out, then that coach is going to have a strong voice in trying to get you into a four-year school. You know, a lot of doors open up. You know, it's one of those things, take care of your uh, general requirements uh, academically and do a good job with those. Participate in a junior college program. And most of the time, the four-year coach is going to feel like you're actually, you're more prepared than recruiting the high school senior. Just partly the two years of maturity, the better competition, you know, those type things uh, make, make you a valuable asset that they can recruit. We've talked on our uh, podcast to the Recruit Me families that uh, a JUCO uh, at a lot of different sports, not just basketball, but a lot of different sports uh, is a good place to go because you get to play against uh, men and women your age rather than playing against, you know, people that are juniors and seniors. Uh, What are some other advantages of a JUCO? And can you kind of talk a little bit about uh, the scholarship situation at, at a JUCO? I guess there's three levels of junior college. Uh, The division one junior college is basically can be a full scholarship. Uh, you know, wouldn't be any different, I don't guess, than, than going to uh, Missouri State or UCLA or anywhere else. The Division II junior colleges cover uh, all your tuition and uh, fees and all those kind of things, but the room and board is on uh, the family. And then Division III, maybe just non-scholarship, I'm not sure. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, I think there's, there's good opportunities at each one and just, you know, you're going to get to go play. And, and I think a lot of people, uh, you know, you choose a four-year school. Uh, I'll make it baseball instead of my sport. But if, if a four-year school is bringing 35 or 40 guys in on the baseball team, 
you know, when I used to play, only nine guys got to play. You know what I mean? So that means you got uh, 27 on the bench. You know, a lot of times kids think that they want to go to that school, but uh, they come home and it's like, well, how'd your freshman year go? Well, I got seven at bats. You know, it's kind of hard to be, you know, it's kind of hard for a lot of kids to be excited about seven at bats. Again, competing against your own level and that kind of thing. And there's a chance to uh, get out there and swing and miss a couple of times and, and see what you can do and uh, uh, become a better player. And I think, you know, all that would hold true for basketball. A lot of times, like, you know, even with us, we play a 30-game schedule. We're going to play uh, three or four scrimmage events before the season starts. And in those, it may be, you know, three scrimmages in a day, you know, maybe a running clock. They may not be full games exactly. But there's a lot of opportunities to get on the floor, play, be seen, and uh, improve yourself against good competition. We're I am actually doing a, a podcast about kind of the psych- psychological challenges of, of a college athlete, and that's one of them is you've probably in high school played about every minute in high school, and then you get into college, whether it's junior college or a four-year, and are you ready to sit the bench? Are you ready to play two or three minutes? And, and how do you handle that psychologically? So that, that's good to hear it from a coach that uh, sees it every day uh, in, in your case. How many, how many players do you usually have on, on uh, your team, uh, Coach Chapel? Well, we, you know, we have 15 scholarships, so it's probably going to be 15, right? In that neighborhood might have, you know, if somebody's begging us at the end, might have one extra walk on or something like that. But I think it's a little bit what you said, you know, even in recruiting this year and this, we haven't really quite hit on this, but just talking about attitudes of people and uh, the way they carry themselves and how they handle different situations. A lot of that, you know, really plays in to whether you want somebody to be a team member for you, you know, because I think at the end of the day, we're recruiting team members as much as we are straight talent. You know, if you bring in 15 super talented people and they all have big egos and they all want a lot of shots and they all want a lot of minutes, that probably isn't going to add up to a really good team. Saying, how's this kid going to react when he's the eighth or ninth man? And is, you know, if he plays 12 minutes a game, is he going to be uh, hardworking, doing everything he can to help us win? Or is he going to kind of be uh, pouty and upset? And to be honest, parents upset and everybody else if he's a, if he only plays 12 minutes a game. And if, you know, you got to kind of answer that for yourself as a coach. And I think it does affect who you recruit some. So you're saying there's only one basketball and not all five guys can shoot the basketball in a possession. Yeah, I think that's pretty true. (laughs) Join me next week for part two of this interview with Coach Rand Chappell. Coach Chappell will discuss ways to get on a coach's radar, how to get on the no list of a coach, how he views high school games, walk-on opportunities, and academics. These two episodes give you great insight into junior college basketball and recruiting at all other levels. Come back next week to learn more on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast.